Another Way to Play, episode 144. The more you are yourself, the more success you're going to have and the more influence you're going to have. And, and that's really what I try to teach is, and that's another reason why I think it's, it can be easier to try these things than some folks might expect because we're asking you to be more yourself versus more than something you're not. This isn't about manipulation. This is about genuine connection with other people. This is Greg Rice, the host of the Art of Communication podcast. And if you want to learn how to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, you really need to be listening to Another Way to Play podcast with my good friend Hans Strazina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strazina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Strazina, and I believe, as you know, that mindset is everything, especially when it comes to communication. Today's guest is Greg Rice, a buddy of mine who is the host of the Art of Communication podcast, who is going to tell us everything that he knows about communication. Spoiler alert, it does have to do with vulnerability, among other things. And we get into a couple of uh, stories, one from him and one from me where we talk about vulnerability when we communicated something vulnerably and it worked out actually pretty well. Uh, So that's one to definitely listen for. But Greg has a lot to offer in the space of communication. He's been pursuing education uh, in that space for quite a long time and, and definitely has a lot to share. So I'm excited to bring this one to you. If you get value out of this, leave us a rating and review over on iTunes or whatever podcast player you're on because it really helps me grow the show and get out in front of just a few more people. So really appreciate that. Thanks to you who have done that. uh, And I appreciate that effort and that support from those of you who are about to. So thanks so much. And let's get into it with my buddy, Greg Rice. Greg, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's an honor to have you on. Absolutely, man. Excited to be on here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, well, dude, let's just kick it off. Let's talk. I mean, uh, people know you've got the Art of Communication podcast, but you've got some other things going on too. Why don't you tell us kind of what you're working on today? Set the stage for where you're at right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two things I'd love to bring up there. One is I'm really excited to offer this free body language e-course. So many people ask me about how to read body language, how to control their own body language, how to read micro expressions, um, which are kind of like the really quick facial expressions people have before they put on the expression they want you to see, right? So when you can catch it, you can much better understand what's really going on. Um, So I got together with some of the leaders in body language training for businesses and put together a free six-week e-course around body language. So I've been having a lot of great feedback on that. Folks can check that out at Body Language Mastery dot gregjrice.com. Again, bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. And the other thing I've been working on I'm really excited about is the Authentic Connection Academy. So as I've been working through the podcast, I've been getting a lot of different questions like how do I build better connections? How can I get better at you know selling and building a network and building relationships? How can I be a better leader? 
And for me, answering those questions is great, but I want to be able to reach a bigger audience, right? So that's why I'm putting together the Authentic Connection Academy. and have a couple of courses there that I'm currently building. One is around how to connect more effectively. And for, more the, for me, there's four keys there, right? So there's understanding yourself, and there's a lot of great stuff in there to understand your own personality, um, understand how you process information, your own biases, your own um, emotions and how they impact your communication. The second layer is how do you understand all that stuff about the other person and how do you bridge the gap between the two, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm auditory and you're visual, I need to understand, I need to present things in visual terms, even though it's not natural to me. So how do I start Mm -hmm. thinking about that? The other two pieces there are vulnerability and empathy, which are Mm -hmm. for me really rocket fuel around building relationships. And when I realized that, that's when my relationships and sales and success and leadership really took off, that, that those are the keys, right? Being more yourself, it helps you have more influence than trying to be something that you're not. Real and quick, it, before you go to the last thing, vulnerability, yeah. it's interesting that you brought that up because as soon as you said that, I, I something triggered for me. I'm doing a, a, a course right now that's heavy in meditation, but it's a daily um course put on by Simon Lavelle, who was a previous podcast guest, author of The Black Ball. And uh, and he basically, to move from stage two to stage three, I had to do this challenge where basically I had to get on a Facebook Live and talk about something uncomfortable, i.e. be vulnerable. Mm. And I was like putting it off for like three days. So I've, I've been stuck on stage two for a couple of days, partially because I've been a little busy, but that's not the real reason, partially because I just didn't want to do it. And I, I got up this morning and went to, and I was just like, do the same meditation three times in a row. It's like, uh, so I was just like, you know what? Open Facebook, just hit this thing, send it live. And I got vulnerable and it was, I felt like it was stupid what I was saying. Cause I was sharing a story about me in fourth grade, getting made fun of for not doing long division. But then I, and then I went and worked out and I came back a couple hours later and I had a ton of like comments from just random people in my life that were like, great job being vulnerable. Like, that's awesome. I can totally relate to this or blah, you know, whatever it was. And it, and a bunch of people were like, I feel like I know you better now. And, you know, it's, it was amazing how just that, and I thought it was kind of dumb, frankly, but um, how, how that resonated with people. So going down that rabbit hole for a second, vulnerability, how do you talk about it? How do you teach that? Yeah, for sure. So first of all, that that's tremendous. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, being vulnerable doesn't necessarily mean sharing something that you're embarrassed about, right? Or something that you haven't shared with anybody before, at least not in a professional context. Um, vulnerability for me just means sharing a little bit more of your truth about whatever it is that you're talking about, right? So you're talking about maybe um, uh, you're telling a story about a business adventure that you had, right? Share a little bit more. Hey, this is what I felt. This is what I was thinking. This is why it was so hard for me. This is what I was scared of was going to happen. Right. Because I think so often, especially in business, we want to come across like we know everything and we're the hero and we're the perfect guy, especially if you're a leader. Right. Because you want to seem like you know everything when in reality, that's never the truth. We all mess up. We're all scared. And when you share that vulnerability, an amazing thing happens. Other people start opening up back to you. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. when you share a story, um, a lot of times people say, oh, I can relate to that. This thing happened to me. Right. And that's where real connection starts to happen. Well said, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Continue with your, with your last one. (laughs) For sure. I appreciate it. The last (laughs) one is just around conversation mastery, 
right? So how can you master any conversation? And it talks about things like, how do you get in the right headspace to really focus and to be present? Because that can be so hard to do. And it's really 90% of the game is just getting your head in the right place. Um, how do we listen really powerfully so that we can understand what they're really saying and go a bit deeper, right? And, and uh, more body language there too. How can we read body language and micro expressions to better understand them? How can we ask great questions to get under the surface and really understand their needs, especially in a professional context? Um, how can we speak with authority and power so that other folks listen to us, we can command a room? And then how do we tell great stories? And when you tell stories, you actually control what other people are thinking, which is so great, right? And if you wanna make somebody feel positive, you tell a funny story, they're feeling positive because they're there with you. You know, it's, it's storytelling is just so powerful and it's something I'm always trying to get better at because I'm always a little bit hesitant to, to tell a story, like what if it doesn't land well, right? So I'm always practicing and trying to get better at, at how do I tell stories? Um, so that's another big component. When you're thinking about this uh, as a, as a, I mean, communication, it's like, we all talk, we all text, we all email and you're talking about, so it's, uh, let me finish that. So it's something that comes quote unquote naturally to us. Right. But then there's another level or many levels, frankly, of, of this in depth. And you're talking about practicing it, but a lot mm. of people I imagine who start to encounter your, your podcast or your courses or whatever, probably feel stupid or feel like weird about practicing it a different way. And like, well, what if I screw it up? What if I, what if I try it and it doesn't work or whatever? Like, how do you, how do you work with those people? Yeah, that's a great thought. Um, one, one feeling around that one thought is that a lot of, at least the initial practices are more internal, right? Mm. There are things like, you know, go through this uh, personality test and understand your personality. Think about how you think about things or your visual auditory um, think about the biases that might be impacting you and where they come from, right? Um, another part is kind of analytical because it's like, hey, think about a conversation you just had and tell me what was going through your mind, right? How much did you pay attention? What color were their eyes? What did you notice about how they responded, about their body language, about their emotions, right? So again, that's internal. It's nothing that you're actually doing um, that could be embarrassing. Now, when you get to the point where you're, say, telling stories uh, that maybe you didn't tell in the past or trying to show a little bit of vulnerability. A couple things there. One thing I think baby steps, right? Um, do it somewhere you're comfortable. Start small. Don't start telling people about how you're bad at long division, right? All the jump, right? Um, you know, start with something like, hey, you know, yesterday was a really tough meeting. I was really frustrated by, by what he said in that meeting. You know, sharing a little bit of feeling and then you can kind of build from there. Um, mm -hmm. The other piece I think is realizing that the magnitude that you think other people are paying attention to you is not the true magnitude, right? You might feel like an idiot, but they probably didn't even realize it. And, and even oh, yeah. if you did look like an idiot, a lot of times that's endearing and builds better relationships. Easy for me to say, harder to do upfront after you do it is when you start to learn that. But first, you kind of got to go through that fire a little bit, I think. Be bold and great forces will come to your aid, right? Or mighty forces will come to your aid. Shoot, I just posted that as a thing on Instagram today. <laughs> I should know that one. I looked it up. Um, um, my memory is terrible. I never remember stuff. I remember sentiments, but never exact words. I'm terrible at remembering quotes. You know what I find interesting, whether it's something like learning a new communication pattern or something, or um, just learning how to be more active on social media or whatever, it's all about sort of taking that initial step and putting 
yourself out there in, a, in some way and getting a little bit uncomfortable, just enough, not, not like to your point, not too much, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. Otherwise it'll be probably impossible to do it, but just enough that you, uh, you force yourself out of your comfort zone. And then people in a very odd way, kind of fill the gap of the rest and, mm. and, you know, whatever it is. And I'm, I've just, I've seen it time and again with anything. So that, so relative to the mindset on this show, we talk about that a lot, you know, it's that first step, like ultimately, like you can buy Greg's course, you can go listen to his podcast, you can read any number of books on communication or any other topic, but it ultimately requires you to kind of do something. And so that zero to one step, um, how do you talk to people about that when it comes to actually starting to execute? Yeah, I think again, it starts baby steps. I think it starts, really it starts even before that though, it starts with understanding your why. You have to get clear on why you want to do this in the first place. What are you hoping to accomplish in the future that's so important to you that you want to improve your communication skills? What's going to happen if you don't and you just stay where you're at today, right? What is that delta? Why is that so important to you, right? So that's motivation, first of all, and that's what's really going to keep you going to keep trying to get better. Um, and, and then the other piece is I think you have to set goals, obviously, right? Like, hey, this week I'm going to work on this. And again, baby steps, do one thing at a time. Don't try to do 15 different things. I remember when I first started learning this stuff, right? I was trying to read body language, understand tone, look at what was happening with their eyes, what's going on with their posture. Um, but I completely missed what they actually said, right? I completely missed the words because I was just trying to do too much at once. So I think taking it one piece at a time mm-hmm. is huge. And, and then just practice, man. You just, well, I mean, I guess it doesn't help with the first step, but once you get past that first step, just practicing over and over and over again. And, and most of what I focus on are many things. I take like five minutes, right? The purposely built so you can do them over and over and over again so that you can learn to get better at them. Well, I think to piggyback on that, your the fact that it's going to be multiple steps to get into something at least for me, and I don't know about everybody listening, but at least for me is, is really helpful. If you know that there's going to have to be repetition, it's going to take some time and you sort of plant that seed in the beginning, then it kind of doesn't matter if you fail the first time or the first 10 or first hundred times, because it's going to take a certain amount of time anyway. So why, why stress about rep number one, two, three, and mm. 20 or what, you know, et cetera. So true. And, and in this world of communication, right, it's not so much about failure or success, right? It's, it's not like, Hey, if you share a story, you failed, if it doesn't go well, or you're, you succeeded, if it does go well. Um, It's more about just, Hey, do you feel better about the communication? Did you learn something new about that person? Did you connect more deeply with them? Um, And, and and so it's not, it's not so black and white. I don't think. Yeah. Well said. So you've talked about baby steps a couple of times here. So let's take it back to your baby steps. Where did your story actually begin? Okay. So going way, way back to kind of childhood, right? So I want to talk a little bit about where I think some of my communication challenges came from and why I'm so passionate about this and think it's so important, right? So I was an only child, first of all, so no brothers, sisters, nobody to communicate with. My parents weren't great communicators. um, And maybe I didn't realize it then, but now that I'm an adult, right, I see how they communicate with other folks and notice that they don't, uh, you know, they're not necessarily gregarious or, or easily connecting with people. Right. Um, so there's that challenge. Plus, I was raised in what you might call a tough neighborhood, an underprivileged neighborhood where, you know, bullied a lot, 
constantly trying to talk my way out of fights, getting in fights, getting things stolen from me, getting taken advantage of. So early on, well, I didn't have any communication skills from my family, right? I started to say, wow, I I need to be something different than who I am to fit in here, right? I'm not good enough because these people keep taking advantage of me. This is, uh, you know, they keep bullying me. I need to be better. So I got a lot of insecurity about that, right? I need to be accepted. So eventually that led to me having a lot of school challenges, right? And kind of middle and and early high school. Turned that around, graduated, had a lot of success educationally, but all through college, those insecurities stuck with me and and they don't go away as you get older, right? They just get worse. So I moved into a sales role in, in a bank, right? I was selling to small businesses, commercial lending, commercial deposits. And I was terrible at it because I didn't know how to connect. I didn't know how to communicate. And I had this strong need to be liked, which is not a good thing in sales, right? Rejection is really hard to take then. And you never say the, uh, you're always saying stuff to be liked instead of saying the right thing to kind of grow the relationship. So I was about to get fired, right? was being terrible at sales. Um, Had a meeting with this really important guy that was referred to me. He was like an ex head of HR for a major um, Fortune 500 corporation in the area. He had recently started his own company, really important guy around town. The guy who referred him to me was really important in the organization. So it was late in the day. I remember it was like 4.30, kind of sitting in his conference room. He comes in like 15 minutes late. I'm really nervous. I'm just exhausted from the day. He's like, how's it going, Greg? And I'm like, you know what? I'm really nervous about this meeting. And I told him a little bit about why. And he just laughed. I thought, like, I don't know how he's going to respond, but he laughed. He's like, you know what? I've been an executive for a lot of years. I still get nervous for meetings too. But nothing makes me as nervous as talking to my teenager, right? Um, and so I said, oh, I have kids too, right? And we started talking about that. We started building a relationship around that. And eventually I won that deal. But what I learned that day is that vulnerability is key. Being honest is key. Being authentic is key. The whole time before that, I was trying to be something I'm not because I thought that that's what people wanted. I thought that would lead to success. But the more you are yourself, the more success you're going to have and the more influence you're going to have. And naturally what I try to teach is, and that's another reason why I think it's, it can be easier to try these things than some folks might expect because we're asking you to be more yourself versus more than something you're not. This isn't about manipulation. This is about genuine connection with other people, right? So that, that kind of taught me the power of vulnerability and authenticity. And from there, I wanted to learn as much as I could about communicating and connecting. So I started doing a ton of research and trying different things and, and, and starting to think about how I can get better at this. And over time, I've been kind of keeping track of those things. And that's kind of what led to the building of the podcast as well, is that I want to continue to learn and get to know folks in the industry and, and, and try things out and figure out what works and what doesn't. And, and those are the things that I'm starting to build into the course, the things that really work, that I've found that really work for being a better communicator, for building better connections. And for me, connections are about getting under that surface level um, of small talk or just, hey, you're my customer. Uh, you're my client, right? Or I'm your boss. I want to really connect with people both in my personal and professional life. And that's what I'm trying to do more of and what I'm trying to help others do more of. Yeah, man, I I love that you just kind of share with him my truth here. And then there you go. It kind of snowballed into you landing a deal. And, um, and, and moreover that that was sort of like your low moment almost. And then it, it could have gone probably one of two ways and you decided to be authentic and, you know, that's something that I'm learning right now. And that story that I shared at the opening of the show for myself relative to 
um, the long division and getting made fun of, like that set me on the path, which if you go to my Facebook and you scroll back a little bit, by the time this airs, you can probably watch the live video. Um, check that out. Yeah, it was on, what's the date today? The 8th, January 8th. Uh, so you can go back and look, but anyway, I'll link it up in the show notes. How about that? But that set me on this path of like, okay, before I do anything, I need to know, like, I know, like I know the right answer before I raise my hand before I put it out there. Cause I don't want to go through that again. And it, you know, fast forward almost 20 years here. I am like still thinking about it. And frankly, on this podcast and on my YouTube channel and just all the various things I've done, like it's a, I've been so focused on the right answer in so yeah. many different ways. Like, and that's probably what you were describing to some extent too. But now it's not so much that I'm like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to just go say anything and be dumb, but you know, at the same time, I am now realizing to your point, the authenticity, like just being more real, just being like, eh, you mess up on a line, you say something weird, you mispronounce a word, whatever, that's you just be you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and then it can like roll into the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, to be a little vulnerable, like I still get nervous about doing interviews on other people's podcasts, a little less nervous about doing my own interviews, but still nervous about getting other people's podcasts because I want to sound great. I want to be really compelling. Um, I want to, uh, you know, really connect with people, connect with your audience, right. And help them. Um, yeah. and so I want to be perfect, but then I realized I can't be the best thing that I can do is just be honestly myself. Um, and, and, and share to the best of my ability what I think is valuable for them to hear. And when I take that approach, I'm so much more comfortable, so much more myself, and, and, and hopefully sharing things that are much more valuable than I otherwise would. Yeah, well said. So you had this trigger moment in your life where you had this engagement in the conference room, you admitted you were nervous to this, this CFO or CEO or whoever he was, and, um, and it worked. And then that kind of sent you on this trajectory of trying to learn more about communication in general and, and maybe a path of more vulnerability or, or what have you. Um, where, where was like, where did that take you? Like, what was the next step? Did you stay at that job? Did you find a new career? And then when did the podcast and your courses and all that stuff that you're working on now come in? Yeah. So that was pretty early on. Definitely done a lot since then. Um, a couple. So where did that take me? was to studying a lot of different communication strategies, but then also um, challenging myself. Mm-hmm. So the next role that I took on was one, it challenged me in two ways, right? So I was a management consultant for the Small Business Development Center at the University of Pittsburgh. So we help small and medium-sized businesses to um, operate more successfully, right? We helped them in any way that we could with business consulting. So I had to sit in a room with an owner of a business and be expert on like 20 different things, right? Marketing, HR, sales, finance, whatever they might need, I had to be an expert on. Um, and I wasn't an expert on, right? And I had to get comfortable with that and, and how to ask questions and how to be informed, even though I didn't, wasn't overly informed on their subject, but I would get informed on that subject eventually. The other piece of that is I took over a new program that was all around innovation that had me giving two hour presentations um, in front of a room of people at least once a month. Um, And I had been terrified of public speaking before that. I'd taken some classes and things like that, but I was pretty bad at it. Um, So it forced me to get up in front of people and learn how to present effectively. So again, it's kind of overcoming my fear on purpose, 
Um, and, and I was pretty probably bad the first time, but I got pretty good at it over time. And I learned that actually a two hour presentation for me is easier to give than a five minute presentation because a five minute presentation, I'm so worried about being perfect in the two hour presentation. I'm like, I know I can't be perfect. So let's just do this. Right. Let's just have a, let's just talk about whatever it is. Um, and, and I got really good at it from there. All kind of a next step along my career, I was working for Nielsen managing some people in an analytics space. Right. So in that job, we, we worked with CPG companies to help them optimize their innovations, right? So I continued down that innovation path. <laughs> we help forecast how much they would sell, help them make their innovations better, things like that. And I managed a whole team of folks um, who basically, you know, delivered that for the client. And what I learned as a leader is that I wasn't very good at it initially, right? I really struggled. Like I knew how to do it myself, but I didn't know how to teach other people to do it. I also wasn't very good at somebody telling me, hey, this is hard right? Or, or this is difficult to accomplish. I'm like, hey, you got to find a way to get it done, right? And I, I thought I was pushing them to find solutions and be better. But at my first review, what I learned is that they thought I was condescending, right? They included that in my review. And that was heartbreaking for me because I think of myself as a really, um, a person who connects with others in a genuine way and cares about other people, right? Certainly not a condescending person. So that was a big wake-up call for me. And that taught me a lot about the importance of empathy and getting to know and understand the other person, right? So I took some time really getting to know them. Right? I learned that one of the people on my team had a father who was really sick and she had to spend significant time with them. She had a surgery coming up as well. She loved the vacation of Florida Keys. She had a Harley and loved to drive that with her husband. Um, you know, she always wished she could have a child, but they couldn't, right? Over time, we built a really strong personal relationship. And what I also learned, she'd been working on that client for 20 years. She knows that client far better than I could. And she knows what's best for that client. And I need to trust her much more. And, and, and from there, like my leadership skills skyrocketed and, and that team, that team's performance skyrocketed as well because we started to build real relationships. So that's kind of um, one of the places I started to pick up empathy and why that's so important. Now to answer your question of kind of the podcast piece, right? So this whole time I'm fascinated around communication, really wanting to share the skills that I've learned um, and, and I picked up on a whim, the knowledge broker blueprint program, which you're probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. That's the From, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi one. Exactly. Exactly. So I invested in that, right? It wasn't a huge investment, maybe a thousand bucks, but it was a really cool course where I learned a ton. But what happened in that is that number one, they, they made me feel good that I had something of value to share, that, that this was something that, um, folks could use and would be valuable for them. But the other thing that happened is that John Lee Dumas gives an hour long presentation about um, how how he started podcasting and how um, you can leverage podcasting to really build your business, right? And I saw it as a tremendous way to, number one, learn more, continue to learn. Number two, build relationships and network with folks like yourself, right? Three, to build an audience. And and overall, it just seemed like a win-win-win for me. So Mm -hmm. I actually reached out to John Lee Dumas. That's another thing, right? Don't be afraid to reach out to folks who you think might be able to help you. I just reached out. I said, hey, I love this presentation you gave. Um, I I would love to start my own podcast, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, Can you help me out? Right. And and he eventually reached back out to me. He answered me and introduced me to Travis Chappell, who I know that you know as well. And Mm -hmm. Travis has been a tremendous mentor mentor and coach for me. I wouldn't have a podcast today without Travis. Um, He helped me launch it. He helped me understand understand what it means to put together a really good podcast. 
and, and help me develop it in the right way and still continues to mentor me and coach me around my podcast and my business today. So uh, I guess that's the story of how the podcast came to be. Boom, baby. There it is. There's so much wrapped up into that story. I love it. As you've been talking there, there's a ton of ways I can I take this. I mean, I guess one one thing I I I want to ask you about because um, it comes up a lot on this show is is sort of that mentorship piece and and a, a more like that reach out message. Like you reached out to JLD the first time, and I'm assuming you came across him on social media or something, or maybe it was through the the uh, knowledge broker course somehow because I know he was an affiliate there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you, you basically just made like a genuine reach out. Um, and then he obviously hooked you up with Travis and off you went, but like, what was your feeling? Like, how did you approach him? What did you ask for? Like, was there anything special or specific and relative to your communication? Did you do anything specific to get him to respond to you? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So he actually included his contact information in that presentation. I think if I remember right and said, you know, if you have any questions, reach out. Um, so I took him up on it, uh, which most people probably don't, um, had I not had that, I would have probably dug around and see what I could find about how to connect with him on, uh, you know, LinkedIn, social networks, um, zoom info, however I could have gotten his information, but right. he, he included it there. So I reached out and, and I don't remember exactly what I said in the note, but I'm always really humble with those kinds of notes. Like, Hey, saw your presentation on knowledge broker blueprint, really loved it, loved a, B and C, right. It really resonated with me. Here's why, right. I'm thinking about doing this. I think podcasting would be a great way for me to really start moving in that direction. Here's why I think it would be great, but I really need some help because I don't know how to start a podcast. Um, so I'd love if you could, you know, I don't know if you're doing any coaching or if you know of anybody, but I'd love for you to kind of point me in the direction of somebody who might be able to help me out. And it was mm-hmm. something along those lines. And then I know he responded and then Kate, his wife, who also is a very successful podcaster, she also responded um, with some thoughts and, and helping the communication go along. Another thing I would say about the mentorship coaching piece, when I decided to work with somebody like Travis, that was an investment, right? An investment I had to make in myself. Right. Um, and I'll tell you that you have to be willing to invest in yourself. You have to be willing to take that leap, which is hard for a lot of people. It was hard for me at first as well. But at this point, I'm so glad that I did it because the reward has been tremendous. Um, so you got to be willing to invest in yourself and like working hard, can help you be successful, but you got to know where and how to work, right? Mm-hmm. You got to know what to work on. And that's something that you need somebody who's done it before to teach you because otherwise I'd be working on, I don't know, you know, tweets, right? I'd be putting all right. the time into tweets or other social media content and social media content is important, but there's a lot of other things that are important to, to foundationally putting together a great podcast. And I would have never known that. So I guess those are my message, right? Be willing to invest in yourself and and know that you can't know everything. You need help from folks who do, who've done it before you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that piece about being willing to invest in yourself, I think is totally right on. And I, and I will also say to the the skeptics out there, um, you know, this is probably why you need to learn communication because if you're, if someone's saying here's a thousand bucks for a course or $4,000 for a mastermind or whatever, right? Like that sounds like a lot of money. Um, and it is. And so you need to be able to, to communicate effectively, listen effectively, uh, ask good questions, see mm. the like 
the, the body language stuff to know if that person is yanking your chain and is really just trying to sell you something or if they actually can help you. And, and investing in yourself in a, a skill like communication, whether you actually just listen to the Art of Communication podcast or you actually take them up on the offer and go, um, you know, purchase the course and dig in a little deeper, like spending time on something like that will absolutely help you determine if you're making a good investment. And to a certain degree, you, you do have to, like we were talking about earlier, uh, just take a leap of faith at a certain point, you have to take that action. You have to push the button to transact. You have to like open your mouth and be vulnerable to somebody, you know, whatever it is first and be that person. And generally speaking, if you do your diligence and you come from a place of authenticity, it's probably going to work out. Man, couldn't agree more. I think that that was really, really well said. The other thing that I would add around those things is you got to be willing to put in the work once you make the investment. Mm -hmm. Just making the investment doesn't make it happen. Then you got to be willing to put in the work once they point you in the right direction of where the work needs to be done. Absolutely, man. I, I got to tell you, um, talked about it. Simon Lavelle has this program that I'm in and he does a really good job of, of keeping people accountable because he literally will lock you out of the system if you don't do certain things, which is basically <laughs> in one of the things is filling out a daily tracker form, which is seven questions. Like, did you do this? Did you do that? What did you learn? You know, it takes three minutes, but um, at the very beginning of it, it's like in full honesty and integrity, did you do this? And then you have to sit there every day and say, okay, did I actually do that yesterday? And if you didn't, um, you get literally, he locks you out of the program and then gives you a redemption. And then as he's like three strikes, you're out. If you do three, you're gone. And so there's like wow. some of that extra stuff there. So if you're one of those people who knows you like will pull the trigger buy the thing and then not do it, like find somebody who's going to hold you accountable. Maybe Greg, maybe myself, or maybe it's built into the course in the first place, but like find those things that will just get you into action, even if it's sort of artificial. Um, because I can tell you when you actually dig into some of this stuff that people put their time and their energy into, uh, you generally come out the other side better for it in so many different ways. Yeah, for sure. And such a large percentage of people don't actually complete courses that they start, mm -hmm. um, that it is, uh, it's a little sad, right? Cause like you said, people, there's a lot of great information out there, but you gotta be willing to dig into it. And that's one of the reasons in my courses, I try to focus on really bite-sized nuggets, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a quick lesson, five minutes. Here's how you work on it. Go practice, come back. Here's another lesson, right? It's not hours of lecture or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said, man. And uh, I agree. You gotta, you've gotta actually do the work at a certain point. So well, well done, man. So uh, thank you for sharing everything that you did. And obviously being on the show, we're getting to the end of the time. So I do want to transition us to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you mm -hmm. ready? I am. First question. What book have you gifted most often? Yeah. So I, I was thinking most, most recently, um, not necessarily most often, but it's a book called We Need to Talk, How to Have Conversations That Matter. Mm -hmm. It's by Celeste Headley, and she is an NPR um, host journalist, but she also wrote this book because she was really worried by the lack of empathy that she saw in the world. And the book focuses a lot on how to have genuine in-depth conversations and connect with people, 
um, in a very real way. So I found it to be really powerful um, and, and I really enjoy it. And I always recommend it to folks who are, are wanting to get better at just connecting and conversating with people. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? So my gut there was Jesus, but I feel like that's a bit of a cop-out. Um, so I, I switched it to Peter, because um, I, I imagine a lot of people might say Jesus, right? But um, I think Peter, the apostle, would also be right. fascinating. Um, so uh, part of it is I want to understand what the true meaning and impetus of, of it all was in Catholic, but a lot of dogma has been created over a couple thousand years, you know, and I want to learn what is at the core of the religion and the faith. That's important to me. But also because, you know, this was one guy and then 12 guys who communicated something from, from you know, the middle of the desert in Jerusalem, who communicated something that has spread around the world and has so much impact today. How did they do that, right? What were the keys to communicating that to the world and what must their passion have been like to communicate that in such a way that so many people would be willing to die for it over the years. Um, so I think there's a lot to be learned there, both personally, spiritually, but also um, from a communication perspective. Uh, what is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? I don't know if most people would disagree. Some might, but that the people who seem most diametrically opposed to each other have more in common with each other than they have opposite, right? We're all human beings. We all have so much, we all have families that we love and friends that we love. We're all trying to make a living and do the best that we can. Just because you might be a Republican and I might be Democrat and might feel very strongly about that. There's a hundred things we have in common. And those are the things we need to focus on to drive connection, not spend so much time arguing and trying to prove each other wrong. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to start your day? So on um, a normal kind of Monday through Friday, get up about six, right? Brush teeth, make bed, those kinds of things, take care of the dogs, talk to my wife a bit. Then I tend to hit my desk around 6.30 or so, right? I tend to work out later in the day. I know a lot of folks probably talk about working out in the morning. It's never worked out for me. But when I sit down at my desk, I start by doing a little bit of mindful breathing, right? So I um, try to spend at least five minutes or so just getting centered and, and focused and getting my head clear. Then I do something a little interesting, right? I take my to-do list. And I rewrite it every day. Like I have a notebook that is two-sided, right? I'll rip out the to-do list from yesterday, put it here, and then I'll rewrite everything and add anything new. And while it's repetitive and sometimes annoying, it keeps everything fresh in my mind. I remember, oh yeah, there's this thing. Or if I just did it once and like scratched stuff off and never really looked at it, I wouldn't remember stuff. Rewriting it makes me remember it. Similarly, on the other side of the notebook, I take the next three days and map out, actually draw out, so six, seven, eight, right, all the hours, and then I map out all the meetings I have those three days, and then I take my to-do list, figure out what the priorities are, and put them in there, like I pencil them in, right, and again, I'm repeating, because yesterday I did day two, now it's day one, so I'm like redoing that again, but it helps refresh it in my memory, it takes some time, but it keeps everything fresh, because I, I have a trouble kind of, I think, remembering things and being on top of things unless I have really detailed plans. So once I've done that, I have a good idea what I want to focus on today. Like I've prioritized, I have stuff in my calendar, then I just start to get after it from there. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you breaking that down for us. Greg, this has been really fantastic. Definitely learned a lot. If someone's sitting here nodding along, wanting to connect with you, learn about your course, check out your podcast, what's the best place online that they can do that? Yeah, sure. They can find me at gregjrice.com. So G-R-E-G-J-R-I-C-E.com. 
And again, they can find that free body language e-course at bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. And they can find the academy and the courses at authenticconnectionmastery.gregjrice.com. <laughs> There's a bunch a there. Little, a little long, yeah. Yeah, dude, you got to shorten some of those, but we, until you shorten them, we will put them in their entirety in the show notes so that you can check them out there. If you're driving or whatever, you don't remember that you don't have a pen it's in the show notes. So just scroll down and find it there. Greg, man, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you being on. Um, thanks for sharing about your communication, about your show, about all the stuff you got going on. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for being here. For sure, man. Thanks for having me on. It has been uh, a lot of fun. That's it for today. If you want to connect with Greg, I've got everything that he mentioned in the episode and more down in the uh, show notes section. So you can check it all out down there. Uh, All of his links, his free course, his paid courses, all of the good stuff. And if you want to connect with me, Instagram is the place to do that. I'm at Chief Sna, uh, also down in the show notes. And of course, if you got value, Really appreciate uh, you hitting subscribe and leaving a rating on iTunes or whatever podcast player you're on because it really helps me grow the show, gain some feedback, and keep making this thing even better. So thanks so much for all of that. And without any further ado, this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play, and remember to make every chapter better than the last.